You're you're not William Shatner. That's that's what I want you to that's what I want you to focus on. That will be your you, mantra. I am yes. not William Shatner. I am not William Shatner. My thing is, why would I not want to be William Shatner? The shatterboarding. Awesome. I know. <laughs> that reminds me, you're listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode one eighty nine, side A. Broken mirror. podcast a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things <laughs> this is a side a episode which means we will talk about pop culture entertainment news movies music a great book this week florida and whatever else caught our eye this week my name is malachi jones and i'm joined by maui Hardgroin. hey how's it going <laughs> and, and oahu mcthunderchest <laughs> I am Oahu McThunderchest. Yes, you, you know are. what Molokai was since you picked that one. Molokai was the island with uh, the lepers. Yes, it was. It was absolutely a leper colony. It was a leper colony, but it's also the island in a certain movie that's mm. mentioned a few times, which yes. we'll get into another time. But yes, it was the leper island. Now, while I don't have leprosy. There are probably a few diseases floating around inside my bloodstream. Anyway, this week we're going to talk about <laughs> Willy's Wonderland, uh, starring a man of very, 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 very few words. Uh, very and, few words. And very few. And green lights. Just grunts, really. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And a lot of opening of soda cans. And uh, Green Lights, which is an actually a fantastic book. It's the memoir that... Um, uh, Matthew, McConaughey, M- Matthew McConaughey has written. Um, I guess it's like a biography so far kind of thing. Autobiography so far. It's a fantastic book. I've heard really good things about that, and I was excited when I saw you post it on your personal socials. I'm like, you got to talk about that. Because I'm, I'm probably going to start reading it in the near future, so I'm excited. It's stellar. No uh, pun intended. So, first of all, I'm going to be reading it soon. So I really can't complain about spoilers because I know he's about to talk to it. And that also means that you guys shouldn't complain about spoilers either. Uh, This is a review show. And if reviewing stuff, we spoil things. If we're all like, man, it really sucked when like that dude died. And you're like, man, I didn't know that dude died. This is your warning. And I'm assuming that that's not going to be part of the Matthew McConaughey book. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if I was all like, it was really sexy when he played bongos naked, you should know that already. Uh, and if you anyway. don't, what have you been doing with your life? Yeah, I mean, you have Google. Look it up. Uh, so anyway, there's going to be spoilers, possibly, and we'll just, you know, don't yell at us if there are. Um, news. I have not seen Loki yet. Well, but... I'm going to yell at you for something. Okay. Oh, God. Yeah. Angry Greg, let's do it. Go, go for it. And so I probably I'm usually the angry it. one. So the second episode of Loki okay. came out okay. uh, just last night. Yeah. We record on Thursdays. Came out on Wednesday, and I decided to watch it. And Rob, you said you watched it. I did. And so, guys, if you out there have not, and this is not a big spoiler, but did you catch the little plot thing that they did in this show that is very similar to a certain movie that Omar has suggested that we watch? Wait, what? The you're talking about the Sound of Thunder? Yes. Where <sighs> so the, there's a character that is that is hiding in the time stream from being mm-hmm. caught mm-hmm. and one of the things that they're doing is hi- they're hiding in areas where there's a, and making changes in areas where there's an apocalypse about to happen because it doesn't change the time stream because they're going to die anyway. Sort of like hunting terrible dinosaurs. Mhm. 
Um, all I'm hearing is uh, Omar's movie choices are excellent. That's all I heard from that. <laughs> now, I enjoyed it on Loki, but there was that. There was like a slight twinge, like you know when you, your eye starts twitching, like you get out of like a pool or something, and you like your eye starts twitching and you can't control it. You're like, yeah. this seems familiar. <laughs> <laughs> I might have PTSD from this, <laughs> right? <laughs> if Omar didn't leave 300 miles away. He'd be getting a punch in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Put on a Loki costume yeah. and punch him in the face. But it's too far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, I, I just wanted to. That's my my own little thing. I was just like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah. Like it was fine though. I liked it and I liked it in Loki. But it was just like, it it was too close to home. That's funny too. Yeah. <laughs> they have gotten a little crazy with with um, the the whole time manipulation thing. So I'm kind of wondering uh, if they can keep track of it and not not uh, lose sight of their own rules. You know what I mean? I've always wanted to see the whatever whiteboard, or I, I'm assuming it's not an old-school chalkboard that they have in these writers' rooms for the not Marvel for the, movies. For all of the Marvel Universe. Right? The, it's yeah, mm-hmm. it's got to just be, like, just covered... A, a wall of flow of like just this giant flowchart of all the things that they're doing because and see I I just imagine one of those like one of those meeting rooms where they have like the glass walls that they use dry erase markers and write on the windows and there shit. You go. Yep. Yeah. yeah you, they probably have like a continuity room that's just like a dolphin with a bunch of electrodes stuck in his head. <laughs> <laughs> Like, That's okay, funny. in this one, Loki's going to be here, and the dolphin's like, ee, ee, ee. And we're like, oh, sorry, the continuity dolphin is angry that we can't have him there. <laughs> that sounds right. The oh, that's continuity so dolphin. The continuity, continuity <laughs> dolphin. <laughs> and uh, there's our episode. <laughs> I feel like it's been a very long day. It has been. Such a long day. <clears throat> uh, so that was, that was one of my little bits of news. Um, like we like you were at the top of the show there wasn't a lot of stuff going on but and we usually don't really review things that are it's not really localized but uh record store day was this past week mm. and you know record stores of course everyone got hit hard you know with, with this past year uh record stores like we Rob and I always talk and Omar too actually talk about blockbuster being mm-hmm. like it's sad that it's gone uh, record stores are it was kind of the other port place that I spent a lot of time. Um, you know, there was you could always find new music. There was always these cool people that are most likely heroin addicts now that would tell you which movie, what music <laughs> to listen to. Um, and we would, you know, basically every Friday and Saturday we would just go to the mall and hang out at the record store and wander around and you know and uh, hit on dudes with long hair. Uh, You're welcome. So, <laughs> but but record store day it's they do it every year and it you know there's special re- album releases rare records things like that as well as other things we have a really good store in in orlando called park avenue cds which is in fact a record store because more people buy vinyl than cds right now and on june 12th but the reason i'm talking about it is they're doing a second part of of the store on july 17th uh they really? there is Basically, the same albums are going to be available, but there are a couple special releases coming out on July 17th, and you go and spend 22 bucks or whatever. Most of the stores give you free shirts, there's stickers, there's all sorts of cool stuff. Um, I actually bought a record player for the first for the first time since I was a kid, and because I've, I've always had a bunch of albums, because a lot of the Pearl Jam releases come out in album first, and I've never actually listened to them on vinyl. God, it's so much warmer, and I sound like one of those people, but... But it's you hear a lot, right? It you really hear a lot is. more. It's different. I, I mean, I, I've probably heard the the album ten, uh, high hundreds of times for sure. And I didn't realize that there was like a part in where like Eddie Vedder, like I knew he was talking in a song, but I never knew what he was saying. You could hear every word when listening to it on vinyl. Like he was asking for money from somebody, and he's like, "Thanks, thanks, man. God, God be with you," or something like that. It really is, I, and I agree with you. Like it sounds so, I don't know what the pretentious maybe is the word, but yeah, it's such a big difference when you're listening on vinyl. I just and got see, a record player for my birthday I'm, in March. 
I'm not a music guy, so I can't really refute that. But I, I really got to believe that the that the digital mastered tracks where they isolate all the where they can isolate all the vocals is a much clearer track. Like you don't have a lot of the a lot of the background a lot of the background background noise that that you would get with a record. You know the now you do hear some of the scratching and the, the you know the sound that you the staticky the pops and stuff yeah but the difference is when they convert things to digital there are there the files would be too big to bring every frequency so they trim the frequencies mm-hmm. so it some of them are frequencies that you can't even hear but when they're added back in it makes everything else sound fuller and it sounds like a like a weird thing so but i would say if i was doing something that's like pure pop like that's highly produced CD, digital, all the way. Like, the stuff, I like, for this, my record player, I'm like, I'm not going to go nuts. I'm just going to buy the classic albums that I want. So, like, stuff like Led Zeppelin, stuff like old blues albums that I want to hear exactly what it sounded like in that room at that time. A good one is Hotel California on vinyl. So that's, that's I think I, I've seen that on a few lists. There's so much crazy stuff. There's so many crazy, there's like a broom in the background. That like you can hear like it's insane. There's such yeah. crazy stuff on that record, but yes, exactly. Uh, two just uh, two of the albums that are coming out for the second record store day. Uh, there is a, a copy of Alive by Pearl Jam, uh, an EP with oh, a bunch God. of uh, tracks, including a Beatles cover that has never been released before, which I don't know what it is off the top of my head. Really, but just just announced today. There's an exclusive vinyl out on July 17th as well. The Foo Fighters have a Bee Gees cover band called Hail Satin. Okay. <laughs> and that will also be released with uh, five Bee Gees cover songs, okay. and I am getting that. That has to happen. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, if I'll, you I'll look at like my music, area down here. You look up there. If I find one, I'll buy two copies. I'll buy one for you. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Excellent. Wow. So, that was my little bits of news. That's super exciting. Anyone else? Uh, is uh, there Rob? is there some really weird story that we need to hear about, Omar? Okay. <laughs> I, need to, I need a second. Omar has to will himself yeah. into talking I, I about do. the state that he's stuck in. I can't. I can't. I, and when you say stuck in, uh, that's... Okay. So... As you all know, we live in Florida, yada, yada. Okay. <laughs> I can't even do this. I found this one story, and there's so many good ones, I, but I have to pick one, right? Because we have a limited yeah. amount of time. Um, so, Volusia County. That's never a good start. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's why I said that first. A lot of weird shit happens in Volusia the County. The headline, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to waste a lot of time on this. I have to say that... Here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to read the headline. Okay? Do it. Because I think, I think it um, encapsulates do it. Do it. the whole story. And it pretty much puts an, uh, a, a sharp focus on what Florida is all about. Ready? <clears throat> word for word. Quote, man steals rings from one Florida girlfriend to propose to his other girlfriend. <laughs> 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 Volusia County Sheriff's deputies say, "Unquote," and that's it. That's, I'm not. I'm not getting into the story. That's, that's all you need to know. Is he stole rings from his one girlfriend to propose to the other one? And that's all I can do because it just makes me want to throw things. I can't do this. <laughs> he's, he's he's thrifty. I'll say that. I'm gonna. T- I will say right now. My father, the accountant. Would say that was a good idea. Well, and now that I scroll <laughs> down a little bit, he would, he would, he would, he would approve. Uh, the total value was six thousand two hundred and seventy dollars. Yeah. So mm. that's pretty good. That's not bad. That's not too all bad. right. Yeah. Very frugal. Yeah. No, man. He saved himself sixty two hundred and seventy dollars. Well, he probably saved himself twice that because then he can just return the ring. Because I doubt you. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, dude. I don't know. I don't know. But that's it. I'm I'm not even a good this might be a give me five first. I just read the, the, the headline. And and I think it I think it pretty is there, much is there pictures of all these people involved? Just the like, dude. Just the dude. Is, is he wearing a tank top and does he have sunburn? Like they always seem no, to be wearing a tank top no. and have sunburn. 
Was he arrested for anything? He, oh, jeez. Okay. We're making Omar read it. Oh, We're just, that's what. Yeah, I didn't even. He hasn't come. Oh, my God. Um, her boyfriend was actually engaged to someone else. When she looked up her fiance's Facebook page, she noticed a photo of her wearing a wedding band and an engagement ring that was identical to her own from a prior marriage. How did you not? Okay, if you're looking on Facebook, of course, when you read the story, it gets even more bizarre. If if you're on Facebook and you have you you're on his Facebook, how do you not have? How would you not have noticed that already? But that's a whole other thing. Yeah. When she yeah, went to he, ch- and 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 guys <laughs> guys, if you're dating two women Get at the Facebook same page. time, do not. I repeat, do not post pictures of them on your Facebook page. Oh my god. Uh, we at the Gibby Five podcast do not think that anyone should date two women at the same time. However, if you do, Rob Good would like you. pictures. Rob would like pictures. <laughs> and I would also add the caveat, unless they're into it. But that's a whole other thing. <laughs> I'm not here. Hey, I'm not here to judge people. Okay. If you're happy, I'm happy for you. Period. So uh, there were several pieces of jewelry missing, including a diamond ring that belonged to her grandmother. Not cool. The total mm. value was $6,270. Um, if you want to remain anonymous and qualify for a potential, a potential cash reward, you can contact Crime Stoppers of Northeast Florida at 888-277-TIPS. <laughs> that was actually okay. part of the story. I, literally, I he was reading an ad. I am reading word for word. I'm reading word for word. The story. He was reading an in, ad. In other words, he has not been caught, I guess. He made off with $6,270 worth of his... Stolen jewelry. Of stolen jewelry. Wow. Florida. Joseph L. Davis of Orlando, 48 years old. Wow. Also known as Joe Brown. Sorry, I was I was on the ground from Omar's unless they're into it comment. I almost <laughs> sprayed everything I own with coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Joe Brown was how he one girlfriend knew him, and Marcus Brown was how the other girlfriend knew him. Wow. So okay. All right. Well, you know, okay, guys, we have a Patreon. We do. And if you want to support the show, then we won't have to steal rings from one person to give it to the other. Well, my question is, if you if you want to support the show, will you get such quality information as? Joe Brown steals rings so Marcus Brown can get married? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Are they brothers? <laughs> uh, for just $5 a month, you can support the show. You can get invited to our lovely Discord chat. Lots of fun stuff. And a, a new room has appeared, which I, I made just on a whim. And it's been pretty lively. The It might actually be the most popular room. Yeah, we're just... It is uh, Omar's Music Cave. Well, uh, where... It's we're the only ones who are talking in it most of the time. <laughs> That's fine. It's just you know people, but we have we have had some some compliments. I've gotten some private messages that people have liked it. And cool. Uh, you know, we have uh, people that are checking it out. And it's basically just a little area where we post music from YouTube and talk about new stuff coming out and all that. But mm-hmm. we're not we don't get a chance to talk about music too much on the show. But um, two of us are music fans, and the other one is uh, Heathen. <laughs> He's a music fan, too. Just not as crazy as us. I just like a different type of music. Yes. Oh, and by the way, that one song that you posted a couple days ago that we talked about a little bit in the music cave, mm-hmm. fantastic. Isn't it, though? Very good. Did, did you have a good cry? It was, an, well, it'll happen sooner than later, I'm sure. It's, but honestly, it's, it's one of those. Song. It's one of those really emotional, hard-hitting songs all about like self-loathing and destruction and shit. And just not caring anymore. And and I and when I posted it, I was like, I know this is kind of really stereotypical country, but damn, this is a good song. But it's a great song because I, you know, just you know, without getting too into it, that's kind of where I am now, like post relationship. And it was mm-hmm. like wow, like when I saw that and I heard the lyrics, and I was like, damn, that's a great song. Mm-hmm. It, it really was. Like, thank, I'm glad you posted that. That was awesome. I actually heard a great. I heard a great country lyric today, and I'm trying to remember it. It was something about like, I don't know the exact words, but the woman is getting lucky tonight, so the dude's getting more drinks or something. Yeah, uh, we've all been down that road. <laughs> I have to find it. It was. It was. It may actually made me laugh out loud. But anyway, Patreon. 
there is more than just music there, of course. We just, you know, there's a bunch of cool people in the chat room. You guys get access to a, a patron-only episode that is posted on, on the Patreon website. Uh, there's a birthday episode. We might actually have a birthday episode or a birthday top five coming up tonight. Hmm. Tonight. Could yeah. it be? Yeah. God, so we do a top five about you. Oh, it could Gu- be. Guaranteed to not ever be posted on your LinkedIn page. And also guaranteed to be things you never knew about yourself. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be like, did well, I? We can't, we can't be held accountable if some of them are actually true. It's true. Uh, Ron, we're just, that was they're, the, they're just educated guesses, really. That was the mm-hmm. most in-depth thing I've heard in a long time, Ron. Thank you, because you're right about that. Yeah. Somebody's in for a treat. <laughs> so check it out. Patreon.com slash give me five podcast. Okay. Now we now we got some topics to talk about. And I think it's gonna be Omar talking about a book. I think that I think I want to hear that. Okay. And and real quick, before Omar starts this book, Omar, have you finished the other book yet? I have not. I'm I'm in it and I have not I'm still listening to it. Here's my thing. Um some weeks ago, Rob did a review of a fantastic book. Uh, you listen to it. You listen to it on uh, Audible, correct? Correct. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm listening to it as well. Um, I'm still in the first book. Um, it's excellent. It it really is very good. But the way that I do things, I really only listen in the car. But mm-hmm. I'm literally eight minutes from work. So I do have opportunity. So I listen to it to and from work sometimes. But I also like to listen to the news and things like that. And then when I do want like further, like longer drives, I'll put that on. Um, so I have not gotten through it, but it's not because I don't like it. It's because when I do Audible, it's in it's in the car. Um, mm-hmm. If I had the actual paper book, I'd have been done by now. But it is an extremely good book, and it, it's very very well done. And I can't wait to get to the other like through the whole series. Like I'm in it to next win year. It. No, for real. Like it's it's going to take me a while. That's fair. <laughs> Well, actually, if I come up to your neck of the woods, well, I am going to come up to your neck of the woods um, in the near future. I'll be spending that entire drive listening to that to get through. You know, I'll probably finish it then on the way up and on the way down because it's like a three-hour drive to you guys and back. So, uh, but I do love it. It's a it's it's exactly up my alley, and it's exactly mm-hmm. the kind of story that I like. So, like, thank you. Like, I'm really glad about that. All right. Yeah. No, I love it. The book that I'm reading right now, on actual paper, um, it's made some news because of the author. It's called Green Lights. It's by Matthew McConaughey. Yes, that Matthew McConaughey, the big, well-known actor. It came out um, October 20th of 2020. Uh, The synopsis is essentially like a quote from him. It's, uh, I've been in this life for 50 years, been trying to work out this riddle for 42, and been keeping diaries of clues to that riddle for the last 35. Notes about successes and failures, joys and sorrows, things that made me marvel, and things that made me laugh out loud, how to be fair, how to have less stress, how to have fun, how to hurt people less, how to get hurt less, how to be a good man, how to have meaning in life. And how to be more me. That's the synopsis. And it's a quote from him. From Matthew McConaughey. The, I find that the overall theme. So, And I, by the way, I'm on page. Um, Two. <laughs> I'm on page. I'm halfway through the intro on the jacket sleeve. No, I'm kidding. Um, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's all I've read so far. ISBN 5923974. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Uh, so, like, I'm on page 235 out of 289 pages. So I've read pretty much the whole thing at this point. Um, but I, f- I, I find that the theme, what he really talks about is, like, continuously finding meaning in your life. Like, whatever happens, he's always trying to find meaning, and he's trying to, like, uh, be true to himself. Which sounds corny, but he's he does it in such a cool way. Um couple of examples um, when he first hits big like this is after um, 
uh, um, Dazed and Confused, and he he okay. he done a couple of movies, and then he he, he lands in the uh, the John Grisham novel, he, right? A Time to Kill. A Time to Kill. Right. Yeah. After that, he kind of like goes on this. Now he's famous, right? And the by the way, the story of how he even gets into Dazed and Confused, and then how he ends up in A Time to Kill. It's super interesting how he does things. Um, he. He, he's such a natural and he was so like born into it that it's it's just it's fascinating to read um, because I don't think other actors have had such an easy time of it but um he basically have you ever seen have you ever seen him he's fucking gorgeous I, I mean he's is this is this thing on <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing how many people who want to be in movies are just stunning looking yeah true right but you have to have that extra something. And and I'm and I I'm not a big spoiler guy, so I'm not going to get into it. But he, as you read through it, he doesn't describe himself in this way. But as the reader, you're like, oh, I get it. I understand why you, how you gravitated to, and how how people gravitated toward you, and why you were able to do this in such a good way. Because he explains himself. And he doesn't. It's never self. He's he's never boasting. He's never um, he's never talking about how great he is. As actually, on the contrary, he's always talking about how he's always pushing himself. So, in that time period, uh, like time to kill in that time zone, he's living in an RV actually for three years, and he just travels back and forth across the country. And then he's making other movies. And when he meets with like uh, producers or directors or whatever. He'll have them fly in to like wherever here he is nearby, and he'll pick them up from the airport, drive drive around with them for like two days, you know, like in Denver, and then he'll like drop Let me them out off. of the car. Yeah, no. and then he'll drop them off like three <laughs> days later. Well, they're not allowed in; they're going to have to sit on the roof, obviously. But yeah, of course. But then he'll drop the them drum. off three days later, like in Wisconsin somewhere, and then they'll take a flight back to L.A. But like, it's just fascinating how he's so unassuming; like he's he's just this like super chill guy. Um, mm-hmm. he has, there's this one, another thing that happens a lot in the book is there's a reoccurring dream that he has. And you know how like in dreams, even though they're weird as hell, you kind of know certain things about the dream. So he's, he's floating along, floating down the Amazon river and on either side of the river, there's like African warriors like lining both sides of the river, kind of like staring him, at, staring at him as he goes by. There's more details to that, but I'm not going to get into it. Um, he has that dream a couple of different times in his life, and the first time he decides, what I need to do is I'm going to go to the Amazon and actually go there. So he does. He grabs himself, basically a backpack, and one tab of ecstasy, one hit of ecstasy, and he goes <laughs> to the Amazon. And then, and then he goes, and he goes, and he has this whole thing, which I'm not going to get into because I'm not a spoiler guy. And then his life continues, and then years later he has that same dream, but like slightly different. And then this time he's like, okay, this time I have to go to Africa because I already did the Amazon thing. So now he goes to Africa, he goes to Mali, and there's a whole set of adventures that happen there, and it's just it's so good. It's so. Wait, for the record, today I lost a contact, so I'm wearing two different contacts. So when I, first, when I was looking at your notes, I thought it said, goes to exotic paces to relieve himself. <laughs> you wrote realign yourself. Realign himself. <laughs> yeah. Not relieve him. He can just pee in, like, he can pee in Texas where he's from. Like that's, they have bathrooms there. It's not yeah, a problem. Yeah, I was like, I'm like, I don't know if that, you're like, oh, he's so down to earth. And he's like, and he I got to go to the Amazon River. Why? Because I got to pee. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even go to the bathrooms in Texas. No. He just goes where he wants he and everybody's wants. okay with it. Which is where what Greg was mentioning earlier. There's a whole scene with him playing the bongos naked at 2 a.m. and he gets arrested, and it's a thing. It becomes a thing. Um, and even that scene, it shows like what a badass he is and how like he's not going to compromise for anyone. Um, and that whole thing, he was playing the bongos naked in his house, and they showed up to his house and he was naked, and they arrested him. But he was like, well, "What?" They, but there was drugs there. But here's the problem. It's not even the drugs. Here's the issue. It was. Um, he was celebrating something, and there was a there was a game. He went to uh, UT Austin uh, for college, like his college years. There was a yeah. college game, and he, they won. He was celebrating for like he had been up for like forty eight hours, like partying. Here's the mistake from what I can tell in the book. He opened his windows at two thirty in the morning and started jamming on the bongos. 
So if you've never heard bongos in person, they're loud as shit. So I think somebody got fed up and and called the cops because he was being so loud. But he he was to be to be fair, he was in his house. You know. How whatever. close is he to his neighbors? He had rented a. He was already famous at this point, but he rented. Right. He rented a. Uh, uh, he rented a house like in a suburb of Austin, just like a unassuming oh. whatever home. He it was just it would be just like wherever you and I live, like nothing special. He wasn't living on some like Malibu mansion or whatever. You know what I mean? He was just living mm-hmm. in like an unassuming suburb in Austin, and I think that's why he opened his Omar, windows. And Omar think, says from his apartment with a view of the beach. Okay, oh, nothing special. <laughs> All right, that's fair because <laughs> I can see the I can see the Atlantic Ocean from my kitchen window, but that's not the point. Um, <laughs> but the point is, that's I think that's why, no attention to the man behind the curtain. Yeah, I think I think that that's why he got. Um, I think that's why the, the 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 cops got called. But there's he gets into it a tiny tiny bit. But basically, they just came into his house. Like he didn't know he didn't even know they were in there until he was until the cops were like in the room with him. And then they basically tackled him, and he he he. He thought that, like, they were going to, like, put a blanket over him. He's like, no, you're not going to do that. I want people to see this is how I was when you came in. I didn't resist arrest. I had no, I don't have a weapon. I'm not fighting against you. It's just, uh, it's just one naked guy. And that's how we ended up in jail. Like, that's, they took him all the way to jail like that because he refused to be covered up. It's a pretty badass story. Like, but that's just, like, one thing out of a hundred. The other thing about the book is there's, like actual copies from his journals that he's been keeping for the last 35 years. Um, some handwritten and some typed. And they are very, very interesting. This is a man who looks inward in ways that most people are afraid to do. And I, like, he's, like, I was always a big fan because, it, like, just as an example, Interstellar is one of my top, you know, five favorite movies of all time. So I was, I've been a big fan of his ever since Days of Confused. But after reading this book, like this is a person who you can, you can, you, you know, he's like a mentor in a way, you know, even though he's somebody I'll never meet, but he's just so awesome. Like I, I can't recommend this book enough. It's just, it's a, it's phenomenal. Please read it. I, I will get it on Audible. And I think I, the, uh, they usually give you a PDF of the journal pages, so. Oh, that's my one gripe with the book, and it, this is me because I'm blind. But um, some of the handwritten journal pages are a little hard to read. Like the, the font is very small, and the the write like the way that he writes is very like the letters are compressed a little bit, and I can't quite. It's hard for me to read it. But other than that, the book is it's phenomenal. It's it's unbelievable. Excellent. He's such an interesting person. I want to party with that guy. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's I would I wouldn't survive it, but. <laughs> so we, we are not going sure to, any of us would. Yeah, we are going to jump to the next topic and a little bit of a story. Rob, I believe, texts me and is all like, "Have you seen the trailer for Willy's Wonderland?" I'm like, "What the hell are you talking about?" And then I saw the trailer for Willy's Wonderland, and I was like, "We're watching this movie." Like, <laughs> you were like, "You are correct, sir. We need to watch this movie." And it coincided with the weekend that my wife was not around. So we watched it out on the patio theater, and it was awesome. It was everything that I had hoped it would be. Rob, tell us about Willy's Wonderland. So from one guy we want to party with to another guy that we would like to party with. Yes, sir. That's uh, Willy's Wonderland was released. At the released... same time. What's that? At the same time. Oh, my God. Uh, everybody would die. That's what I was going to say. No one would survive that. No one would survive that. <laughs> Uh, Willy's Wonderland was released February 12th of 2021. It's directed by Kevin Lewis. And the man that we are speaking about is the one, the only, Nicolas Cage. The movie also stars Kaylee Cowan, Emily Tosta, Christian Del Grosso, Beth Grant, Teriel Hill, Kai Kadlik, Jonathan Mercedes, David Sheftel, Rick Wrights, and Chris Warner. And the synopsis is... A quiet drifter is tricked into a janitorial job at the now-condemned Willy's Wonderland. The mundane tasks suddenly become an all-out fight for survival against wave after wave of demonic animatronics. Fists fly, kicks land, titans clash, and only one side will make it out alive. 
So let, let's do the what did we think without a straight up review here. My thoughts were holy shit, this movie was a lot of fun. Nick Cage never says a word, and I loved every minute of him on screen. This this is borderline insane Nick Cage. Would you agree? Yes. Agreed. And and the story about how he became attached to this and why the this movie I mean. The the story about how he became attached to this is and why he has no lines makes me like this movie so much more. Okay, that yeah, I, I, I will definitely bring that up. I've, I've got a bunch of information on that written down. Um, yeah, I, I knew you did. That's why I wasn't going to go too much into it. But I, I, I really enjoyed this movie. And I, I think while we were watching it, I actually looked over at you and I was like, I'm going to fucking go buy this because this needs to be supported. <laughs> yeah. So my initial thoughts of this were, uh, you know, this, I hope that they don't try to explain anything. I just want this movie to be what this movie is. Like, I want it to be a dude trapped in a Chuck E. Cheese kind of place, either killing or being killed by animatronics. I don't want witches' covens. I don't want explanations. I don't want to know the dude's backstory. I didn't even think that at the time, but as I as the movie progressed, I was like, I'm really glad I don't know anything. Um, well, they did give us backstory. Just a little, but it wasn't that much. There, like, there was a little bit about why it was happening, but it wasn't, like... Right. It wasn't heavy. It was just to kind of, you know, bring in the, the other... Um, the owner making... A way to make it so why this place existed. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just enough to explain what I... It was just enough to keep... To make me happy. Yeah. Uh, and it was... It hit the sweet spot. And, uh, Omar, what do, you, what do you got? What were your initial thoughts? My, we just told you to watch this, like, yesterday or something. Uh, I, I mean, I had seen it in, in, in our chat, and, uh, and the, the title was familiar because you guys had talked about it. But I did this completely sight unseen. I didn't watch the trailer or anything. So I very literally had zero idea what I was getting into, and I didn't know that Nicolas Cage was attached. I just started watching the movie, <laughs> which I like doing sometimes. My initial mm-hmm. thought was... What the hell is going on? <laughs> and then my second thought was, okay, I get it. All right, I get this. And I thought, okay, this is going to be fun. And uh, this, you know, what I've I've used this term before. This is a beer movie. This is a fun beer Dude, movie. Fuck yeah, it is. And that's it. And I'm glad that my my other thought is my initial thought was. I hope that that what I'm seeing so far. I hope he never says anything. Because you know, at first you're watching the movie and you don't really know what's what. And I and I kept thinking like, okay, the movie's still going. The movie's still going. He hasn't said any words yet. <laughs> and at one point, I was like, please don't say any words. This is great. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I got my wish. <laughs> so so that's a, that's a great time for to bring up the. Uh... The fact the that story. there's no well, there's no words at least for him. Everyone else talks. Um, so he, the person that wrote the movie, was going to play the lead character, mm-hmm. and it, I guess someone saw the script and was like, "I know this is your script that you want to just break into the industry, and you're gonna play the lead character and whatever." And he's like, "I think if we get a." a a real big name actor attached. This could actually have some legs. Uh, that's how it got to Nicholas Cage's door, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll do it." But the re- because the writer was going to play the lead character, he was like, "I'm not an actor. I don't really want to say anything. Plus, I'm going to be busy." I think it was maybe the director or the writer. Either way, both of them were kind of working closely together. They're like, "I'm not going to be able to say anything because I'm going to be too busy making sure that the shots are right and this and that. And I'm not going to be able to memorize a script and do whatever. So I'm just going to play it." without saying words. Then Nicolas Cage became attached and like, well, now we've got this big actor. Should we make him say anything? And Nicolas Cage is like, no, I don't think we need to. Um, this movie is perfect just the way it, it is. is. Yeah. yeah. And he, so he loved that Nicolas Cage loved that there was no dialogue. Uh, he actually started making suggestions. He was, it was the reason why there was like a turtle and an alligator character. Cause it was, everything was just cute little furry animals. And then he, he's like, he likes reptiles. So he's like, Hey, can we do that? Sure. Uh, there was one line that was supposed to be said in the original script, and it was, come at me, bro, at the end. 
Oh, and no. I'm so glad that they didn't. No, that would have been terrible. Um, the guy that was writing it was like, I wanted something with the impact of, and I'll say this right now, and you'll know what I'm talking about, Groovy. He wanted something with a little bit of impact, like like Groovy, and it wasn't necessary. You know, just they didn't need to do it, and I'm glad they didn't. No, I'm glad they didn't. I agree. Yeah. Now, now we did. Did we talk about the fact that this was basically a Chuck E. Cheese kind of Five Nights at Freddy's sort of situation? I don't know if we did. We didn't really get too deep into that. No, we so. didn't. We didn't. We didn't go too deep into it. Okay, so Rob, go deep into it. Really well, deep so into it. So, <laughs> Willy's Wonderland. Oh, I'm gonna go deep. Um, <laughs> to the furry creatures. That's right. Willy's Wonderland is essentially a Chuck E. Cheese, and the it was first conceived by a gentleman. I don't even remember what the guy's name was. But it was set up in, I think they said, was it 97 or was it the 80s? Anyway, it's irrelevant. It was set up and it was used as a staging ground because the guy who set up Willy's Wonderland was actually a serial killer. And he was using the place and some of the like special treatment rooms or whatever that they had for parties or whatnot to basically kill families and cover it up or hide the bodies or whatever. And he he had a couple of he hired a bunch of employees who were demonic worshippers or some or some shit, and the the dirty the long and dirty is is that they they got uh, they got busted and they all committed mass ritual suicide and transferred their consciousnesses to the consciousnesses to the animatronics mm-hmm. that played in the main ballroom or whatever. So then the animatronics come to life, and they started killing people, and the town made a deal with them to send them drifters and whatnot so that they would stop killing the townspeople. They, they agreed to feed them, and they would leave the town alone. So that's, that's the agreement that they had. Which is actually the deal, very close to the deal that we made to get the Give Me Five podcast to the top of the charts in Pakistan. <laughs> we would kill a drifter a month. <laughs> Oh, crap. Next month. And now we are the number 87th ranked podcast in Pakistan, according to the email that I got the other day. Hell yeah. And you know what? They're just. And there's also a prince in Nigeria that wants to meet us. No, no. This this is actually legit. We are the number 87th ranked podcast in Pakistan. No, I know. And so is that Nigerian prince. (laughs) He's number 85, and we're coming for him. That's right. (laughs) That's Pakistan, the greatest country on earth that is named Pakistan. <laughs> <laughs> that is true actually. That's that's historically accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so mm. yeah, and basically you get this guy, he's known as the janitor, played by Nicolas Cage. He shows up as we've talked about, doesn't say anything. We have no idea what his backstory is. Uh and he is basically as his tires get blown out, which is part of this whole thing where they where they how they get these drifters in. He has to leave his car for the night and like, oh, you know, you can clean up this old Chuck E. Cheese, Willie's Wonderland kind of place. And, and we'll pay to fix your car. Yeah. So he does that, and it's just, he like walks in with a bottle of Windex, and it's just a lot of early shots of him cleaning stuff and opening up cans of soda. Yeah, what was the, the deal with that soda? Was it soda way? or was it beer? I think it was soda. like Mega Punch. It was like an was energy like a, drink of some sort. It was like an energy drink. Because, at the, because before he goes in there, the guy tells him, Make sure you take breaks, you know, pace yourself. So I think that's what he's doing. Every time I see that, I think of, like, that's just him pacing himself. Uh, yeah, just like getting getting energy, getting whatever. Like, I, I was reminded, and this may be, I'm obviously getting very deep in a movie that doesn't really require that, but I took a lot of screenwriting classes, like, in college and stuff like that. And they always said, like, to find some, like, weird quirk if you don't have the character talking. And you see this a lot, like, you know, they'll show some movies where it'll be like, you know, a, a Belushi, and he'll wake up and dump like a beer into a cereal, and you're like, and he doesn't have to say a word, and you're like, okay, this dude's down on his luck, kind of thing. Okay. Um, like the, like little things like that, you know, where they'll they'll just have the person doing something weird that's memorable, um, and I kind of felt that way with this, where it's not like it was that weird, but it was just like, he does his thing, he's just gonna plow forward, he gets attacked takes care of it, and goes back and does his thing. So it's like, it just makes him more of a badass. He's mm-hmm. like, okay, I've got a job to do, and I'm going to finish it so I can get the hell out of here. And you can try to murder me, but, you know, nope. 
one of the funniest things I thought about this movie was like so he's in there he's mopping he's doing his thing and then he sees something out of the corner of his eye this is early in the movie and it's clearly one of the animatronics and then it comes after him and he kills it and then he's just chill again <laughs> and then he he goes back to he has a drink another drink thing changes a shirt oh it was so, yeah he just changed yeah and then, it, but like after he like destroys this animatronic thing that clearly came to life and tried to kill him, he's completely unflappable. He didn't care. He was just like, okay, it's time for my break, and I'm gonna have my soda, and then I'm gonna get back to mopping. <laughs> and then now he's cleaning. And then he cleans the pinball machine or the whatever. corpse. Yeah, and he's like, it's cool. No, no big deal. And I was like, every time he killed this demonic animatronic thing, he was fine. He was just like, it was like, it was like I've seen, been there, done that. <laughs> That was his attitude about everything. And I just thought that was so funny. I thought that was like such a ridiculous quirk of his character. It was great. The uh, the psychopathic uh, animatronics. There was Willie the Weasel, who had like the whole like long neck thing. Mm-hmm. Kind of remi- a little reminiscent of what the weasels from uh, Roger Rabbit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, Siren Sarah, who was like a Tinkerbell-esque kind of thing with very weird almond-shaped angled eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ozzy the Ostrich, Artie the Alligator, Cammy the Chameleon, Gus the Gorilla. Uh, there's a bunch of them. There's eight of them. They were all people in costumes. Um, who was who was the uh, the the Spanish whatever it was? It was a frog, right? Was it Jose, like Jose the Frog or something? Something like that. I don't have that uh, one written down. Maybe uh, one of them was a puppet, the ostrich. That was, I think, the first one that attacked him. Yeah, <laughs> it breaks the mop. I'm gonna and... eat your soul. <laughs> Uh, just a lot of fun watching these things come to life and each one it's like you know like a boss level it just builds and builds and builds and and there's of course some some uh, teenagers breaking in so we actually have some other potential victims and uh, they're for the most part not bad you know they're not the typical annoying teenager well and the teenagers know what's going on and they're they're basically trying to destroy the place yeah and he's not going to have it because he's been tasked with cleaning the place up. And so it doesn't matter that the teenagers are trying to help him. He's just going to clean the place up and kill demonic animatronics at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the teenagers face off against the demonic animatronics and his watch goes off, which means it's time for him to take a break. <laughs> he hands the girl the knife and walks out. Yeah. I got to do some stuff. Uh, this, I don't think we should say too much more about this because it's definitely worth seeing. Oh, it's absolutely worth seeing. Like I, I said, I I want to go like, buy this movie just so I can I support. We paid it like ninety nine cents to rent it, and yeah. and you were saying this was the best ninety nine cents you ever spent. <laughs> it's true, it's true. So, I uh, definitely uh, suggest this movie. You can get it. You just you know, say Willy's Wonderland into your. Amazon Fire or Apple TV or whatever and get it. It's fun. Get a bunch of friends together. Uh, y'all can do that now. Get a bunch of friends together. Get a crap load of gross food and have fun. Grab, grab some beers and shit. Yeah. As promised, we've got a birthday. One of our patrons has a birthday. That's Alec, our patron of unusual size. And it's up to us to tell the world a little bit about Alec for his birthday. It's a it's a happy moment for him right now. In approximately 10 seconds, it won't be. So what we are going to do is talk about Alec's guilty pleasures. The, the things that, that he likes to do. It could be pop culture related. It could be real life related, you know. But I think I, I'll go first, right? So sure. Are we gonna, how are we going to do this? Are we going to go all... Am I going to go first with all of them, and then other people will throw stuff in? I like doing one at a time. I think we do one at a time. We'll do one at a time? Okay. Well, since it's his birthday, it's about time. Our goal is, of course, to make another certain Patreon member pee again. That's the goal. Yes, yes. That that is absolutely the goal. (laughs) So I'm going to start off since it is his birthday. He's probably going to listen to this podcast a little bit late because what he does every year for his birthday is he rewrites the song, We Didn't Start the Fire, uh, with words that pertain to his past year. So he's currently 
write, writing it for like the 2020-2021 year. And then he makes his family sit around, and he takes out one of those little Casio keyboards, and it's, he sings it to them all about the highs and lows of his past life. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It's a good moment. That's wow. perfect. <laughs> We're going to make Omar pee. <laughs> That's the goal. That's my goal. <laughs> well, did you know that he also owns a house under the name of his dummy corporation, Transient Divide? And that coincidentally is where he stole, where he stores all the dismembered drifter bodies. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, well, legally, I don't think I'm supposed to know that. Yeah. But now I feel like an accessory know, it, after the fact. Having heard the lyrics <laughs> to his version of "We Didn't Start the Fire" for this past year, I did know it a little bit. We are all accessories. That actually makes sense. <laughs> Hearing yeah. his latest version. He didn't kill the drifters, is what my attorney told me to see. <laughs> wow, that was really good, man. That was like right off the cuff. That was perfect. Thank you. Um, well, my fifth one is probably the reason that he likes to kill transients, because his favorite movie is A Sound of Thunder. <laughs> so, oh, oh, another God. one. That would make anybody want to kill people. <laughs> That's the second one of those. I have a feeling this is going to be a thing. That's a theme. well uh, after a long stressful day at work he has a very stressful job Uh, he likes to go home have some me time he pours some bubbly and slips into a nice warm bathtub full of pasta it's weird it's weird it's a weird thing to do right between the toes that's nice yeah (laughs) squish it around (laughs) excellent well, I I do want to let you know that his uh his ceramic platypus collection has outgrown its allotted room. And it's glorious. S- did you say that? ceramic platypus collection? I did. Wow. I've seen it. That is uh going to cost me some money cuz I would like to start a collection of ceramic platypi. Yeah, Greg is not to be outdone. Yeah. Well, but I'll have to find some pictures. Uh, my number four for him is that, um, speaking of spending some cash, he is almost complete in his epic quest to get every Atari ET game in existence. Whoa. <laughs> his collection. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's how much he that loves that game. right there. Yeah. That right there is a little bit of torture. Masochist. Yeah, but for so much game, you know, there's it's, it's. He probably keeps just a bunch of old TVs in that in the Drifter murdering house, just with Ataris plugged in, and just lets the Drifters play them until they get stuck in that one pit that you can't get out of. That's fair, and that's when he strikes. That's fair, and that's when he says, "Well, if you can't get out of the pit, <laughs> yeah. uh, here's one: uh, collects rare Menudo vinyl." Oh, interesting. Interestingly enough, he also collects the menudo dish from the Philippines. He doesn't actually eat it. He just sets it on a shelf and stares at it. It's weird. What is in a menudo dish from the Philippines? Uh, it's a it's a meat dish. Meat and sauce and we usually put it over rice. Yum. Interesting. Yummy. Yeah, so so he stares at it while listening to menudo albums. Yes. Yeah, but my number two is in it. My number three is an interesting. While sitting in the bathtub of pasta. Uh, hopefully. Yeah. But, you know, but his. <laughs> I know he collects Minuto vinyl, but did you know what his favorite band is? His favorite group? I do not. Kids on the Block. <laughs> you can't make. You cannot make this stuff up. You can't. You can't make it up. <laughs> or maybe you can. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh. uh well, his favorite book series is the Babysitter's Club. Not the Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting, by the way, just the Babysitter's Club. And he has actually recorded a dramatic reading of every one of those, like, I don't know, 47 books. And he does a different voice for every single character. That's impressive. Mm. It'd be like Claudia in the Phantom Phone Call. So, oh, no, I'm getting a Phantom Phone Call. And he does this. And he has actually recorded this for Audible. And Audible has requested that he stop sending in <laughs> these MP3s because he doesn't work for them. And they're going. He basically, they basically just said, "Leave, leave us alone." No, Alec, don't give up. Keep going, yeah. buddy. They, 
Live your dream, sir. <laughs> Persevere. Persevere, be Alec. Be born to be, buddy. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> I... I will say, though, that he has gotten into a little bit of trouble because he's been warned a couple of times about trying to recreate scenes from Jaws by throwing various people into the water. Uh, That's true, but do you know why he does that? Why does he do that? Because of his erotic... Because The Sound of Thunder is his favorite movie? because of the erotic (laughs) Jaws fan fiction that he writes all the time. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Uh Little known fact, but it's true. It's true. I wonder if that was him that wrote the one that I... Uh, never mind. Uh, well, we, we, all, we, we do know that Alec is a big fan of Jaws, um, as the, the last two things, and mine, uh, will, will prove. Uh, he also, above you know, and beyond throwing people into the water and writing fan fiction, he, uh, he does a one-man Jaws puppet show. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's impressive, but if you haven't seen it yet, you're not going to be able to because... Uh, it was shut down. It was so gruesome, and he they shut him down because he sprayed a room full of pre-K students, pre-K, like pre-kindergartners, mm-hmm. with uh, puppet intestines. Oh God. oh, God. Yeah, just all over them. Oh, and those kids are traumatized. Well, they are. They are, actually. There's, there was a, a – you probably saw this one in the news, so um, children running out with, like, you know, fake puppet intestines all over them. I feel like they deserved it. Wow. Little bastards. Let's not let's not mince words. Okay. Oh my god. Rob has to restrain himself or contain himself for the next one. Oh well he um <laughs> he actually did try out on America's Got Talent. And his talent is he sings, but his gimmick is that he sings in the shower. So he had this he had this whole setup on stage with the shower and the water, you know, because everybody sounds better in the of shower. Course. Well, it it kind of went awry because he didn't realize that he'd be chosen and when he was chosen he would have to come out because he was actually naked in the shower. Uh, so he came out, and then the entire thing was scrubbed from America's Got Talent uh, <laughs> history, and there are now restraining orders. That's a he damn says. shame. He also was singing a version of We Didn't Start the Fire. <laughs> he was, actually. <laughs> we didn't start the shower. It was always... Anyway. That was the 2020 edition. Yeah, yeah. Um, well... Take us home, Omar. Okay, so this is the uh, Guilty Pleasure edition, right? And a guilty pleasure is something that you, by definition, love, but are embarrassed about. His number one guilty pleasure is, of course, being a fan of the Give Me Five podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> nobody would admit that in, pro- in public. Nobody wants, you, you don't want anyone to know. That's how you lose friends. Okay. So, <laughs> so thank you, buddy. We appreciate you being uh, a patron. and a listener. You're the best, Alec. Yeah, we love you. Yes. <clears throat> okay. Well, that that's our episode. All of you other fans of the Gimme Five podcast that should tell all of your friends about us is a should. test of your friendship. <laughs> so, how can people reach out to complain about uh, Alec? Yeah, about <laughs> Alex. Uh, his poor choices and his guilty pleasures. <laughs> yeah. Well. If you'd like to email us, you can reach us at giveme5podcast at gmail.com. You can go directly to our website, giveme5podcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me 5 Podcast. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at giveme5pod. And if you go to our website, giveme5podcast.com, you can also find a link to our store. That's right. We do have some really nice Give Me 5 Podcast branded merchandise there that you can pick up and show off and have all of your friends ask, hey, what the hell is that? Yeah. And you can say, I don't know. And check us out on Monday. We are going to have a Side B episode. That Side B episode is going to be about Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Oh, my God. A movie about boobs and snakes. Boobies! And snakes. And I think that's really about... That's really it. (laughs) That's the entire movie. That's pretty much it. 
Oh, and boobies Hawaii. and snakes. I believe there's Hawaii. Uh, there's an exploding so. sex doll at one point. So there's that. <laughs> there is. Oh. And an exploding former guest of the podcast, actually. Interesting. Yeah, we'll talk about that. So that's all. Thank you for listening. To a time where winners in the end.